Que ondas, primos y primas, and welcome back to my primos podcast. My name is Freddy. With me tonight, I have my co-host, Mr. KevinGarcia.com. Ah! He's back, I'm everybody. here. I'm back. Back from the swamps where I got a, tr a couple of alligators trying to eat me, actually. So that's something. I, I thought know, mate, supposedly I was, you have I a thought, whole history with animals. I thought I was your co-host. Yeah. What the fuck, oh, Well, I'm going to say, and, and finally back. And. Back and, from. Yeah. Uh, and, and missing for several episodes. Is there, a, is there a pecking order here? We're all together. We're mm -hmm, all co-hosts. Mm -hmm. My primo we're gonna, wars. We're, we're gonna fight this out, Kevin. We're gonna fight this hey, out. Man. <laughs> My primo and yours, El Siete, uh -huh. El Chicume, Walter. You're back. What's up, man? Say what's up to everybody. Uh, what's up? Um, like Chabela said, uh, your sister's wife. What was it? Uh, if you don't know what to make, make breakfast. So we went to Waffle House on the way home. Um, haven't been to Waffle House in a while. I just recently went during for dinner. Pretty empty, pretty good. It's always packed during the day, right? I don't know if that if you guys. It's, Waffle House is a Southern thing or a Texas thing, man. Because in Cali, they're not there. I never yeah, knew them. They're not there. They're not. And there. so no, when not. I saw, you can check. Do the map. Look up. Waffle House, Denny's map, and it'll show you what part of the country you're in based on whether there's more Waffle Houses or Denny's. And, okay, one thing I also heard about Waffle Houses is that when Waffle House closes, you know shit went down. They're That's always true. open. The last true. time they closed, besides the pandemic, even the, during the pandemic, they were open. But besides that, they said that the last time they closed was 9-11. Uh, like they're wow. literally like you know like man you're making me want a waffle house right now yeah you should go well honestly of, of all the breakfast places i'm not gonna lie yeah. waffle house is my favorite uh it, it's like i still remember the best bacon i ever had in my life was at a waffle house in i want to say houston it was 15 years ago I'm, I'm never gonna forget it it was the best bacon ever and i like how simple it is i mean we're not sponsored by yeah. it yet but very simple. I mean, yeah, Waffle okay. House. If you're listening, we will take yeah. sponsorship. <laughs> we'll take but how do you feel about Waffle House and Crackle Crack Cracker? I'm okay with Cracker Barrel. I'm okay with Cracker Barrel. I like it, but besides that being the name, said, <laughs> yeah, that's gonna say that being said, the, the name and the aesthetic does give a little yeah. bit of backwoods vibe, which a little bit creepy sometimes <laughs> uh, from my point of view. But but that being said, the food's good. I like the I like the eggs there. Yeah, but anyway, that's what I've been at. I've been you've been at Waffle Houses. No wonder. Look at yeah. you. Look at me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm supposed to start looking like one of those all my heads pretty soon. <laughs> exactly. Well, primos, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, we have all three of us. We'll have a guest here join us shortly. Pop but I want to remind you that, of course, you can find us at My Primos Podcast on all social media. Of course, let us know what you think. Share, like, and, of course, give Walter that hate mail. But or some, ignore, some or reason, ignore like us. Them. I'm like, oh, but they've been doing us. that. We need, we need a little more. I, I like hate mail. Send me hate mail. It entertains me. Exactly. They Give should Kevin add a, they should add a ignore <laughs> like or something on the. You know, at what point are you? TikTok added a dislike button apparently, and, and people are like talking about it. You know, do you think that at what point do you stop being new and networthy if you never made it on the new and networthy thing? We if we break out now. You know, five years later into this, maybe, maybe. Yeah, that's that's where you that's where you tell everybody you're like all our true fans. They were with us since the beginning, and everybody's gonna be like, yeah, yeah, I was a true fan. I was there. It's true, man. We're very niche, <laughs> niche, 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 niche. Remember, Walter? We're like the only that's where every, that's where, that's, based 
Salvadorian hosted comic book show. And then people were like, oh, yeah, very niche. Very, I mean, very niche. But that's, that's where everybody gets started, though. Let's kind of let's be honest. Everybody finds a niche and works their way up. Hey, Trevor, everybody, everybody gets started with an El Salvadorian comic book show. This is very yeah. true. Everyone. Mm -hmm. Everyone. And nobody out there like us. You have Kevin. That's That's true. It's exactly. Nobody out there like us, guys. But we just uh, watched the watched. latest... We say trailer number two. Well, I think technically the last one was was officially a teaser, so this is officially the real trailer, I guess. Uh, yeah, that's how it works. The other one felt more like a proper trailer. This yeah, the other one, the other one was more emotionally pounding. Yeah. But that's because we're referring to the uh, uh, Wakanda Forever trailer. Yeah, the one that came out. Yeah, the, the first trailer is the one that came out during San Diego Comic Con, and then this one just came out uh, it, it, here at the beginning of October. So. Yeah, so uh, let's go through it. Walter, first thoughts looking at the trailer. If you guys haven't watched it, go watch it so you can understand what we're all geeking out about. Walter, what are your thoughts, man? You being... Cryptozoology. <clears throat> That's where it kind of pops into my head. Um, the giant, like, jaws and stuff like that? All the no, big animals? just kind of justifying fucking mermaids to begin oh, with. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Um, your, your head starts spinning, and then I'm like, well, actually, I heard a while back that there's... I'm not going to say theory... Because I don't know if there's like any actual scientific backing or, or, or there's an idea. Or, yeah, that that's why humans are hairless because we started, you know, like single, you can uh, prokaryotes, you carry it single cell, multi celled. Then we left the ocean, and then apes went back into the ocean. And that's why we lost our hair because we breathe through. Obviously, we kind of stick our heads out, and our head is above the water most of the time. And they're talking more about it. Wait, are yeah, you saying that, that, that would make that would make me more primitive? Then I guess I don't. Yeah, you're <laughs> you're more primitive. Yeah. I'm a throwback. I'm a throwback. I'm yeah. So then I'm like, oh shit! Like I, I'm not, I'm curious if you've heard about that sort of cryptozoology thing about in terms of how how that justifies. Us, the sapien sapien being hairless. I, I'm sure to... uh, Ray, our guest, will have more to say on that. Oh, I know he studies that, but, I, but, I, but I am familiar with, with those. Uh, I mean, honestly, as a kid, man, I just Thoughts. ate up all the books, all yeah. the books on cryptids. I love those things. Uh, but, but you know what's really funny is that a lot of times these kind of theories that, that seem really out there and crazy, they may have some basis that eventually science says, hey, this kind of works. For example, do you know what whales look like before they went to the water? Like then they have like little feet. <laughs> no, no. Before that, before they lost their little vestigial feet, they were wolves essentially. They were big fucking dire. I just cussed on your like me on my back. They, they were big. That's a first for for my premise podcast. Um, That's a first, guys. You heard it here they, first. Kevin <laughs> Garcia losing his mind. They they had like big dire wolf looking bodies, and they were living mm -hmm. on the shore as far as scientists is able to to put together. So and how does this? Make you think. Well, how does a trailer make you think about that, Walter? So, so here's the thing that I think Walter's getting at is that Marvel hey, Universe. We, look at me. We we native people. We smooth motherfuckers. Like I barely, I barely got a beard. I, I, I get, I get all my hair from your Scottish this, ancestors. Yeah, That's what I've been growing this thing for fucking thirty seven years, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So, so I think what you're getting at, Walter, is that yeah. like Marvel has put a big effort ever since the first Iron Man movie of trying to be grounded in some kind of science, right? Which so like it should he, be like, like, it should like be, even even when know? Thor showed up, they were like, "Oh, we're aliens, but we're like as if we are real, you know, uh, uh, gods and stuff." Because to you, we're gods, right? So with Marvel in the comics, you're welcome. Done, you're welcome. Yeah, 
they've done the same thing with uh, with um, the Homo Mermanus is what they call it in, in Marvel. Uh, they've done the same thing with those guys where they try to give it some kind of a basis. Now, eventually, they did give them an origin and said that origin was magic. <laughs> so they just said that uh, when the, the city was sunk by the gods or by the celestials or whoever sank it, that uh, some wizards got together and, and just forcibly converted all the survivors so they could live underwater. Hey, uh, <clears throat> Ray Ramos, you joining us? How are you doing? How are you guys? Good to see you, Kevin. We, Primo, we have everybody. A, we have a question for an expert in cryptids. Well, before we do that, guys, we'll welcome <laughs> Mr. Ray Ramos back to the show. Back off, back off, back off, back away, guys. Fans, hey, your questions. His motherfucker came back. <laughs> you came in at the right time, Ray. Okay, so welcome back. Okay, for those who don't remember, Mr. Ray Ramos, uh, writer of Cryptinals, Cryptinals uh, comic book. And uh, active Kickstarter right now, guys, by the way. Make sure we go out there and show some love to Mr. Ray Ramos. Mr. Ray, before we jump into your stuff, we just watched the uh, new Wakanda Forever trailer. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you had a chance mm -hmm. to watch it yet. Yes. Okay. And so yeah. now <laughs> I'll let the, uh, the dogs off the leash. And oh. there you go. So Walter has a question. He said he heard a story about cryptids. That might be that when we talk about mermaids, these are early primates that went back to the water and that they've evolved uh, that way. Have you heard any of these stories? Have you read stories like that? And then we came out of the water and that's why we're hairless. And the one stayed there. Yeah. Um, I've heard about that. I actually, uh, there was a, the, a mockumentary that they did a few years ago on Discovery Channel about uh, yeah. the mermaids. And everybody uses that footage nowadays because they're like, "Oh, look, mermaids are real." No, it's it's from that documentary that they did. Yeah, but, it's um, floating trash. It's floating trash bags. <laughs> one of one of the theories that they had was that there was a section, I guess, of of humans, like early humans, that uh, lived close to the sea, and they would get all their their uh, sustenance from the sea. They would get yeah. their nourishment from the sea. So Seaweed, they developed yeah. um, skills in order to be able to to hunt. For uh, fish and to you know the the, the, the seafood, and uh, that instead of them, you know, eventually they would spend so much time in the sea that they just stayed there and they never came back on land. And that's like well, another. Also, there's um, also guess, uh, there's also a certain I forget it, there's a certain island out in the Pacific of people um, that are able to dive and stay for like prolonged well, minutes. Well, you know, like I, I, I'd be really hesitant compared to. I'd be really hesitant to call any modern humans a subspecies of humanity. These are just people who have since childhood oh, yeah, and training, practice, training yeah. to do this. But that being said, there is uh, evidence for this kind of stuff. Like uh, I had to look it up because I was trying to remember the name of it. Uh, mm -hmm. Homo floris, floriescensis, uh, whatever. It's from the uh, uh, islands in, in uh, Flores uh, in, in off Bali. Uh, it's a subspecies of early humanity. Like these are hominids. That were basically the size of, of hobbits and the reason they grew that yeah. way is because they evolved in an area that did not require you know the largeness that we have it was a much smaller area and uh, the funny part about that is that we think about that of like humans being a certain way and here are some other human offshoot species that basically evolved differently so why why couldn't there be one that evolved to be more aquatic right I mean, once you start going down that rabbit hole and you start like opening all these doors and going through them, you get like this huge, oh man, like I don't even want to know. I don't know what to call it. I mean, this this other world, this sub world, whatever you want to call it. The one that fascinates me now that we're on that topic um, is the the ones that the skeletons that they found, I guess, near the Nazca lines. They found some oh, small, okay. tiny skeletons 
that were completely like they were real. They were hundreds of thousands of years old. And each skeleton was fully formed, like as if it was a small human. Speaking about hobbits, it was a small human, but wow. they had these features about them that made them were, very were, were, extraterrestrial. Were they, were they the ones with the all, oblong heads? Mm -hmm. Sort of. Okay. They had like three fingers on each hand. They had an oblong head. Their eye sockets mm -hmm. were massive. You can look it up if you want to go down there, rabbit hole. Like I said, Kevin, but, I saw oh. those images you put on the chat there. The skeletons. That's crazy, dude. Yeah, that's, that's... Uh, yeah. Those are the 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 they call them hobbit like. Yeah. Well, on that yeah. topic of the of the Nazca lions, it's bringing it back to Namor. Um, they were connecting pre-Columbian America to what was a fictional country. Now, uh, my, one of the things I did at Marvel is I wrote the life story of Namor, and I also did several uh, biographies of Atlanteans and stuff like that. And I went through eighty years of Atlantis history in Marvel and. There was never a consistent like this is what the culture is. It was like every artist that came in drew it differently. You know, sometimes it was yeah. Romans, sometimes it was Greek, sometimes it was just seashells. You know, sometimes. Can I, it can I ask like, a question? Like when you say that people that came back and drew it, or who were these people? Are they just okay. white people that came coming back well, to it? Or? For, the, for the most part, yeah. for a lot of the history, it was but not all of them. Uh, the, the first artist who created it, Bill Everett, uh, he flat out refused to say the name of the city. So I mean, the, it's not to say they're less no, 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 fantastic, no. right? They can be out there in the woods, but it's sort of like you, you always try, try to ground shit in its environment, right? Like, yeah. hey, if they're from the Pacific or the Atlantic, shit, even, even the water temperature is different, right? Like, uh, Right, but, but, well, especially in the Caribbean, yeah. yeah. But, but see, the thing is, is that Bill Everett, you're asking like who created it, right? Bill mm -hmm. Everett, the first artist to make Submariner, right? And more. He did not call it Atlantis. It wasn't until the, and then he created him in 1939, wasn't until the 1960s that Stan Lee said it was Atlantis. So for the first 20 something years, it was just a city, actually not even one city, it was several cities under the water. There was one in Antarctica, there was one off New York, there was one in the Caribbean, there was one in the Pacific. There was, so yeah, there was a bunch of cities, but he didn't give them, uh, he didn't give the main city a name because for whatever reason, he didn't want to tie it to Atlantis. Uh, so it was so Stan yeah. Lee later that said it was Atlantis. So I think it's interesting to me that like in the movie, they're clearly not making Atlantis. The, the toys and stuff say it's going to be called Talokan, which is a base off of uh, from uh, Aztec uh, mythology, the one of the, the land of, of the god Talok. So Talok, uh, god of rain, water, thunder. Uh, he had uh, jars that he could smash together to bring in uh, thunder and lightning, uh, which I thought was great. But the thing is, he's basically... Thor of these people, right? But imagine if Thor had his mm -hmm. own version of Asgard named after him. And that's what Talalak is. Because there's 13 heavens, and there were also these four paradises, depending on which version of the story you're going by. But regardless which version it is, one of those paradises or one of those heavens was Talalak's. So he had his own Asgard just dedicated to him. And he had his own people, the Talokan, which were called the, the little lightning gods, right? And the way that humans would get there is if you earned a spot there by dying by water or or drowning or lightning or anything along those lines, you could go to that land, that paradise. Um, and so the idea is is that it is basically a heaven of water. So it makes sense to connect it. And I, and I got to be honest, Talalokan. A lot of people can't say that. A lot of let me rephrase that. A lot of white people can't say that because it's hard to do that TL sound. And if you ever say bottle, it's the same sound at the mm -hmm. end. Bottle. I'm just gotta put that at the beginning. Uh, Talokan. Uh, so they just made it simpler. And they call it Talokan in the movie. Talokan. So, 
Tlalocan. Tlalocan. Yeah, yeah, so you can do it. I pass the test. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, what do you guys think? What do you think try about? Sing, and I think try singing Popocatépetl. Now that one's hard. Popocatépetl. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I don't know. I'm trying. A ver, a ver, qué se me pega. Pero no, I guess to give you my opinion on it. One, I enjoyed the trailer because it gets you hyped. It's like a hype, hype trailer, right? So it does its job. Number two, I hated it because it spoiled stuff. Like I didn't want to see a lot of these things in my face. I didn't want to see him fly yet. I wanted I wanted to be like, oh wow, you know. I, I wanted to see the reveal of Black Panther to be not as prevalent. You know, I wanted to wait for that moment to happen. Uh, there were a few things that I was just like, oh shit, it's kind of spoilery in my opinion. But it gets the job done. It's very hype. It gets you really excited. We show more of Namor, and that part's cool. But me, I I, I want to be shocked. I want that. That you know, what is it? The Spider-Man moment with all three Spider-Mans. You know what I mean? I want that oh shit moment. And yeah, I think I, I lost some of it. I feel it. like we're still gonna get it. Um, I could have done without it. Like I, I think they're. I think the you gotta remember what Marvel does, though, man. Like Marvel likes to like bait and switch, man. They do that a lot. They'll show you one thing, and then later on, be like, wait a minute, that wasn't that wasn't in the that wasn't in the trailer. Where, 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 when did this happen? That's what I'm still thinking is gonna happen with Black Panther because that's already happened with this trailer. And that's already happened. I was going to ask you about if, that, Kevin. If you look at the um, first trailer versus this trailer, there's a scene where the camera's going over the mountains, and in the first mm-hmm. trailer, it has these warships, but in the new trailer, it has ships carrying what looks like tanks of refugees. So it's like, it's the same shot, but they've already completely changed it. So two trailers in, they've already messed with us. Mm. I mean, and since it's fake, with, then uh, it's with, okay. Uh, no Way Home, remember? They <laughs> and showed us, none like, of this uh, is real. Jumping. Of uh, it was Sandman yeah. and, and Electro yeah, you jumping. See, you see the lizard but, going like this, and it was an alternate Spider-Man. Was just the one. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. the Hulk in Endgame. The Hulk in Endgame. Yeah, because he's in the trailer. In the trailer, he's running through the jungle. You know, the Hulk, and uh-huh. that never happens in the movie. It's true. He has a suit on. Yeah, I remember now. Yeah, he couldn't Hulk out. Mm-hmm. Man, but I, I just, I, just, I hope it is like you said, Ray, that they're done throwing a red herring out there, despistando, like, hey, get hyped. And we're still going to surprise you because I, I want that. The reason I wanted to talk about this trailer with you guys is because while, yes, it is Black Panther, there's so much they mourn here and so much of Latin American culture. Uh, you know, they have Talocan, which is Aztec, but then we see these murals behind him, which are, those are flat out Mayan gifts, glyphs rather, Mayan glyphs. Uh, and, and at one point, uh, Umbaku calls him Kukulkan, uh, the feathered serpent, and that is specifically uh, 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 Yucatec, uh, not Yucatec, uh, from the Yucatan uh, Mayans, where they're going to uh, call him that. So uh, they are kind of pulling from all over Latin America, all over like Mexico uh, and, and Central America. Yeah. So I, I, I think that's interesting. And I want to get your guys' takes on that. What do you think about all this culture that's being thrown into the, the movie this way? I like it, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, where are you going to, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you doing with this? Because I mean, okay, man. Like you know, down down to the nitty gritty, right? Like, this is this is this is this is history to us. This is something that has been around longer than most recorded history, and we actually took the time to record it. You know, their like recorded Egyptian. history. Their yeah. recorded history. <laughs> the, the Egyptians yeah. took the time to record their history. We took the time to record our history, and you know, the, the Anglo Saxons didn't do as, as a good uh, such a good job. 
Yeah, we were. (laughs) I like that you say the Anglo Saxons. We had books long before the British did. (laughs) The Caucasus Mountains. (laughs) And and that's just. I'm very very. I'm very excited. Don't get me wrong, because I really want to see what they do with it. But I'm very worried because of the um, the source material. I guess you could say. You know, because man, like. You, there's scholars, there's you know people, and I'm sure that they that they consulted these these people to get it right. So I'm just hoping that they do a good job. Honestly, I'm okay, giving them a chance. I, I want to know what they do. Yes, yes. Okay. Can I can I throw a question at Ray and Kevin? Um, yeah, keep looking up, Kevin. Um, okay. So uh, when you're talking, when you're being a little, when you're being critical, um, understandably being critical of how they represent. It's like the geographical representation of indigenous people per region, geography from North to South America, as we know it now. Is that kind of what you're going at? or Kind kind of, yeah. Well, I don't know if you can want to answer this first, but. Because at the same time, if if that's what you're looking at, if we're talking about ancient civilizations and maybe they had a technology that was way more advanced than we are now and a hell of a lot more mobile than we Give them credit. You just want to. Would you want Stargate to be real? That's what you want. They had Stargate, (laughs) so that meant that hey, somebody was walking around with uh, what is it? There's there's memes of little kids in in Mexico or or Central America with shirts that say uh, some dumb like I'm with stupid, and it's like they don't know what it means, right? So then we're all much like. Does it mean that if we are gonna go ahead and contemplate ancient civilizations to be at much more globally connected and mobile than what we give them credit to, does that then lend itself to civilizations being a lot more connected? And if you want to go into the woods, the handbag from the Mesopotamians and, you know, like Aztecs and stuff like all this kind of dragons and flying serpents and all that, and we were much more connected, would that lend itself and give them a little bit of a leeway you know what? Yeah. Let me answer this with comic book lore for a second. Mm-hmm. All right. So, number one, in, in according to the Marvel Universe, there was entire worldwide civilizations before the Egyptians. Conan the Barbarian is canon to Marvel, mm-hmm. and Conan was able to travel all around the world to ancient versions of America and Africa and China and everything else, and they were all connected back then. So, you know, canon yeah. there. But also looking at the movies, uh, Wakanda of the movies is not based on a single culture. It is drawing from a pan-African culture, uh, which is reflecting both the modern uh, diaspora, which is this idea that 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 uh, the modern peoples of Africa were kind of shifted around a little bit by colonialists, and the people who came from Africa, of course, extremely shifted around to the point that they're completely disconnected from their ancestors. And what they've done with that is take bits and pieces of parts of North Africa and South Africa and West Africa and, and Egypt and, and, and uh, Ethiopia and all these other places, and brought them in together to make Wakanda. So is that what they're doing here? I'm hoping. Yeah, exactly. I'm hoping Mm -hmm. that's what they're doing with Talokan. You know what I but you know what's sad? It kind of goes back to a few episodes ago when we had that whole Green Lantern thing with the tamales thing. Like what I don't want is that it always goes towards our food. It's like like I don't want to see me more eat a pupusa and eat a a taco. He's clean. You wanna know what I'm scared of? You wanna know what I'm scared of? What I'm scared because, like, what 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 uh, Walter said is true that these are both civilizations that are older than any other country on earth. They should have all kinds of technology. I am a little bit worried that they're going to be presenting the Talokans as if they are some kind of, to use the word, more primitive people than Wakanda, mm. 
when in reality they should be at the same level as Wakanda. The, these two countries okay. should be equally at the same technology yeah, level. The, the trailer has shown them like a temple. Well, it showed well, them just being battle ready. Uh, there's nothing really showing. We don't know anything, but maybe that's what, what Ray's saying, right? Here's what gets me. Yeah. I, li I like the, 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 the mural that he's painting, but he's painting specifically a type of Mayan glyph that was done about uh, six, 700 years ago. And you would think if this culture has been around for 10,000 years or whatever it is, that they would have evolved their writing system some other way. If you look at Egypt over the three or 4,000 years that it was around, that language, that written language evolved very, very differently. And they're just, it should have evolved. If you look at Wakandan language, that's that's a different kind of language than what you find in other parts of Africa. Yeah. Ray, what do you think? And what do you think? I would say? Honestly, I, I think I'm going to give Marvel the credit because I know that they do their they do their homework. And DC, unfortunately, <laughs> it always seems like whenever they do something, they just like they, they like play sadas with something. Oh yeah, look, he's holding a taco. Great, everybody's happy. <laughs> but here, I, I, I think that Marvel mm. has taken the time. They have consulted people. They have they have the knowledge to make this not only educational, but also entertaining. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers because I know, that's right? what I want. I, I, I want that because I'll, I'm always going to be a Marvel zombie no matter what. And I will always lean towards, towards Marvel no matter what, because those are the best stories that I grew up with, you know, cause they were, they were in, um, they were here in like reality in real life, New York, you know, California, whatever. DC was more, more fantastical, more like, Oh crap. You know, these gods are on earth. Oh my God. And Metropolis and blah. So they have more of a leeway to just make stuff up. But Marvel likes to dip into reality, which is something that, yeah. like, when, when I'm writing my stuff, I like to dip into reality because I like doing the research. I like being accurate. So that's what I'm hoping. And I'm, I'm agreeing with you, Kevin. I'm, I'm giving them the, the benefit of the doubt. And I'm hoping that it's not only entertaining, but also educational. So hopefully. So, so, so we're not being critical for the sake of being critical, right? We're just yeah. sort of cautious. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah, there you go. That's I mean, I'm cautiously optimistic, right? That's the, the phrase that's thrown around. But like I said, I, the trailer, I hope it. I hope you're right, Ray, that I just get fucking surprised and say, oh, shit, I didn't see that coming. I'm excited for it. I bought my tickets. Like, I'm ready oh, to nice. go that weekend. Like, I, I am. Too. I'm ready to I go. Question, Me and my kid. I have a question really so, quickly for, for, for Kevin, because I know Kevin's on the pulse a little bit more than I am nowadays, as far as Marvel's concerned. They're at at the at, if you remember this at the very beginning when uh, after uh, Bozeman passed away mm -hmm. and uh, they were trying to find an, someone to replace Black Panther, and everybody was leaning yes, to yeah. Shuri, uh, you know, to Lakita. Mm -hmm. I, I forget her last name. Um, someone threw around the idea that uh, Michael Jordan was gonna come back. I could be Jordan, as, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as 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 uh, as uh, no, you said Michael Jordan. You said Michael Jordan. He's got to be there with with Bugs Bunny and everything. Not, right. Yeah, not the goat, not the goat. Um, <laughs> but I'm I'm that that kind of died down like a lot, a lot. And I, I think it's is, is over here. There, there's rumors still that he could come back, but I really hope not for one specific reason. The thing is, in the comic books, Killmonger has died several times. And he's not like a lot of other villains who fake their death or whatever. No, he literally dies. Somebody has to actively bring him back to life. And that's happened more than once in the comics. I mean, but, yeah. but oh, no, I know, I know you're right. A lot of people, Freddie, a lot of people do that. You're right. But, but the thing is that in real life, Chadwick's not coming back. Yeah. So you can't have a movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Have you heard? Have you have you heard about AI? Fucking what's it called? Oh, I know. I know. Thing, no, don't talk about. Hey, yeah, did, you, did, said you, that, uh, did you hear about what a Die Hard did? Yep. Did you did you hear did you hear about Die Hard with Die oh, Hard? No. Oh He denied that. He denied that. Um, oh, but but, but you know who confirmed it? James mm -hmm. Earl Jones. 
James Earl Jones has confirmed that he has signed off his rights to Disney, that whether he loses his voice, if he dies, they can keep using him, AI version of him, for perpetuity. Wow. So, wow. yes, it's possible. So Bruce, what Willis, so, Bruce Willis didn't do what no. I've been... Yeah, I've no, been no. I, wow. Hold on. Walter looks fucking, like, rocked no, right so now. There was a rumor that Bruce Willis... Know, the only reason... <laughs> not, not, not that I care, but I, in terms of... Uh, what makes me concerned is like I've heard from different sources. What's online. the rumor? What's the rumor? Before you start? What's the rumor? He wants, he wants Hudson much. Hawk too. That's what it is. Uh, Walter wants Hudson. I want Hudson Hawk too. I want Hudson Hawk too. I don't. I, I like that movie. Fine. We don't need another Hudson. <laughs> I Hawk. like that movie. I thought it was funny. Uh, no, what, the last Boy Scout so, too. The last last Boy Scout. Like, come on. Like, yeah, really? Hell yeah. My favorite one. Stick so it to the last Boy Scout. So then he didn't sell his. Face? No, he did to, not sell his face. Uh, something. <laughs> in, in fact, not only did he let something like that. I don't no, know. not only not only did he not sell his face. He has previously fought uh, against digital ownership of what? things. This is something that Bad Bruce Willis has actively fought against he, for like the past he, ten years. Like he can't believe anything on the internet these days. That's you you look so bothered <laughs> by this, Walter. Like I honestly, felt, I felt like I was researched enough. What did you think that just he would just live in Visage forever? Like, well, oh, like I said, James Earl Jones is going to do that. So right, there you go. The only reason that the only reason I I kind of I'm going to say. <laughs> Because you have a uh, Bruce Springsteen. Um, I forget what the other motherfucker. Uh, there's a bunch of artists selling all, all all their all their material, just selling it off, all their music. So I've seen a lot of musical artists start selling off all their music to big uh, companies. So it's like, oh, the follow. What follows is them selling their image, their their, their likenesses, their, yeah. their likenesses. Yeah, better yet. Um, with the deep fake and all that other shit, so I'm like, oh shit, like that's a thing now. So, I mean, isn't that the case with a lot of like things like uh, Indiana Jones and like all the Star Wars, like Luke, like that image yeah, cause, of because of... it it made sense with uh, uh, what's it called? Like I said, uh, Star Wars. Uh, like I'm going blank. Carrie Fisher. <laughs> Carrie Fisher. Yeah. It's Ooh, like a Walter, it's like, you know how many people like, are yelling at their car stereo yeah, right yeah. now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pay, pay, pay attention to the road. Um, <laughs> make a left. So then left. Carrie Fisher, yeah, she died, and then boom, they floating through the space and all that other <laughs> shit, right? So then <laughs> and dying again. Um <laughs> hey, I got one for you. I got one. This is a real you thing. Know? Frank Sinatra said, When I die, I don't want my face to end up on a mug or anything like that. So he flat out said it. Guess what? He died. His daughter put his face on a mug. <laughs> All of them with, did. The, with that quote. Don't... <laughs> actually, we'll like a mug with that quote on yeah. it, actually. Yeah, I know, right? Badass. Just like old blue eyes, and then there it says, don't put my face on a mug. <laughs> it says, holding it there. There but, better be whiskey in this. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. Old blue eyes. So, Namor, and mm. we're going to move on a little bit here, but obviously we're all excited. It's coming up. It's a month or so away. A little wings on his feet. Little wings on his feet. What's I'm excited. What's that Apollo wings on his feet thing, like. Oh no, you're gonna get sense. Kevin started. Okay, I will. No, I could get started. I don't now. like it, but then again, none of this exists. So I'm like, okay, fuck it. So, so Namor can fly like like three times the speed of sound, and supposedly his wings just beat fast enough for him to do that. So, <laughs> so he has a bladder full of carbon. Monox or something. All and I'm waiting his, for is for and his, and his bones are hollow as a chicken. So the inevitable crossover with Adidas 
the Adidas oh. like the chancla with the wings that are gonna be sold because of this. I'm, I, who no, who sells the warache? Oh, um, Nike. Nike makes a brand called the warache, and it's, so that's that's probably gonna be where they go. Everybody, just keep an eye out. Marvel. Moving along, Ray, I have you back on the show because I wanted to talk about, of course, your book. I'll talk about, I did, uh, I'll be honest with you, man, I'm right at the end. It's long. It's a lot of uh, a lot of substance. I like it. I really enjoy it. But I wanted to talk about it because it's the season, right? We talk about all the spooky stuff, say. Halloween, and and we all we touched on the last time I had uh, David, uh, Daniel DiCalvo on the show. And that way we... I'm so, upset, I'm so upset about that, Freddie. You what? you had a guy on specifically to talk about Mesoamerican gods and comic books, and, and I was not available. You were covered in bourbon or something. That's what I told everybody. You know, so <laughs> like, oh, he's on Bourbon Street drinking bourbon, that's covered in bourbon. That's what, right yeah, that's what he was doing. Yeah. Well, but Daniel was on the show. We talked about you know, Mesoamerican gods. He's writing a book called Ten Tenoch Tenoch. He says Tenoch because of Tenoch. Well, he says he says Tenoch. I think is what he says it, but I say yeah, he says Tenoch, yeah. but it's Tenoch, right? So yeah. depending on how you pronounce it. Yeah. But Ray, you know, we talked about cryptids last time you were here as well. But I want to give you a little more breathing room, not just with that, but uh, just you know the research you do, right? Everything you were doing regarding the the the, the cryptids themselves and how. I don't know, man. How about you just give us a quick little recap for those that don't know or maybe didn't listen to your episode or just need a reminder. Like Wait, everybody what listened about? to the episode. Everybody did. Uh, yeah. I think everybody was anybody. If you we didn't listen to the episode, more. you don't admit you didn't listen to the yeah. episode. Who is this fool? <laughs> right? But let us know, Ray. What is your book about? And, and, and Who start for is us this there. guy? <laughs> so the Cryptonals is my passion project. I've been working on it for a while. It's about cryptids, which is like, you know, Throw some out there, Bigfoot, Loch Ness monster, even La Llorona. I consider La Llorona a cryptid, but that's you know that's another argument. Um, versus like the new monsters, which are tulpas, the cyberspace entities like the Slender Man, Black Eyed Kids, the Rake, you know Jeff the Killer, stuff like Jeff that. Jeff the Killer, that, that, I was trying to think of the smiling. I can't remember his name. Oh, Smile Dog, uh, Jeff the Killer. Yeah, that stuff. Those are the ones. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, and so, so the cryptids are are nature. I guess they're natural occurring. Uh, in the world they've been here longer than man has been here you know they've been here forever 
and these new monsters that are arising are slowly trying to destroy this reality for some reason. I don't want to give away, you know, what the story's about too much, but uh, the cryptids take it upon themselves to stop them. They're like, hey, you know, these guys, they shouldn't be doing this because they just, um, you know, arrived on the scene. You know, we don't even know who they how they are. But in doing so, they find out that these things are actually older than they are. And it's something else going on there. And um, it, and I did the research to, into all of this stuff. I tried to connect everything as best as I possibly could uh, using, like, real-world lore. Like, you know, La Llorona, you know, what's her backstory? Um that's that's one that one is the one that's very very near and dear to me because I experienced like now when I was a kid and I think I told that story when we were yeah, here we last, yes. time, last right? time. But I, I love but that you I incorporated La Malinche into that. I love that you brought in La Malinche, yes. which is something that a lot of a lot of folklorists have tied that before. But you made it explicit in your story to tie La Llorona to to Malinche, La Malinche. Yes, exactly. Because that's how it was taught to me when I was growing up. My, you know, my abuelas, my tias, they would always say that she was a malinche to her people because she betrayed them, you know, or she betrayed, uh, you know, her her village because she went. She wanted to go with this with this white man. Of course, you know, my my abuelas were like, "Si sí, era gringo y se fue con ellos y blah blah." Y va a venir por ti si no te portas bien. So I, that always stuck in my head. And as, as I was doing the research, I'm like, man, all of these, every every sort of um, culture around the world has their Llorona. They have like some sort of basis for La Llorona. So I wanted to not only like bring her to the forefront because I hate the way that she's been portrayed um, in, in film, but I wanted her to have this sort of anti-hero um, you know, side to her where I always like was like Maleficent oh. got uh, redeemed, you know? And I'm like, why? She should have just stayed a villain. So I was like, why not La Llorona? So Ray, that's I want to ask you a question. I wanted to have her redemption story. Yes, sir. Before you get off La Llorona, I want to ask you a question. You just mentioned you hate the way she's been portrayed in film. I know there were like two La Llorona movies that came out a couple years ago, but the first of them was literally white family are the main characters. Mexican people show up just to tell them the story and then disappear from the movie. And then it's just white family running from La Llorona the entire time. And I was like... How yes. do they take? How do they take our most like well-known ghost story and just be like, you know what, white people? Let's just give it to them instead. Yeah, are you sure you didn't hear like the buzzing of a of a lawnmower in the background sometimes? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that yeah, they were in the movie. They were like in the background. They were like the maids and stuff. And yeah. I think I think, I think one of the, I think the cop, one of the cops, was also Mexican. But like most of the main characters was this white lady and her kids. Mm-hmm. And I was like. I mean, I mean, I like. I want to ask Ray one thing that he mm-hmm. kind of threw out there. How do you, from your, I guess, perch, writing perch or whatever you want to call it, how do you define monster? Like, what is a monster? Like, is you know, like how how do you def how do you how are you defining what do you think of when you when you think monster? Like to me, a monster is something evil for evil's sake that is a true monster to me monsters like cryptids like you know uh bigfoot and stuff like that that's stuff that those are creatures that are not um they're not identified by science as real so but people have seen them people have witnessed them and stuff are, are, so are these monsters unredeemable like are these monsters alone like they're always evil like that's what i'm trying to get at they are they are misunderstood. Well, the cryptids, the ones, mm-hmm. the tulpas, that's a whole different ballgame. I don't know if you you know what a tulpa is. No, no, no. Um, but a, a, a tulpa, basically, it's it's um, it's it's Eastern Hinduism or, or, or mysticism, rather, um, 
that believe that if you believe in something enough, like an idea, it will become reality. It will become flesh and and blood. And the most so like famous Oprah Tulpa and the Wish, <laughs> almost almost like Oprah, the Wish. Yeah, you get a car, everybody gets a car. or, or gets like a car. Uh, Tinkerbell and flying. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. Tinkerbell. No, because that's what I'm trying to get at. It's like if you're bringing all that in, it's like it's not monsters are not necessarily evil. It might just be misunderstood if I could say that. Mm-hmm. Honestly, well, that's why I like about it. I, I like your story. I mean, because I love fiction in which they don't just pigeonhole a creature to be like, oh, you're a Klingon. You must be aggressive. You're a Ferengi. You must be greedy. You're a, a Vulcan. You must be serious. I don't like that. I I love Star Trek. Don't be wrong. But I don't like when, when your race defines your personality. And in your book, that is not the case at all. You have characters that are that are goats that are that are loyal and goats that talk to people and you know different people that are different things. I like it. But I like that there's yeah, a defining line between, like you said, the old and the new. And you mentioned that in the last uh, conversation, like mm-hmm. the, had the conversation of the Tulpa, which, like you mentioned yourself, you know the cryptonals are more wrapped in tradition i would say traditional like superstition and not a superstition is the wrong word maybe in this scenario because they're like you said you you've categorized them as beings that have that do exist because people have interacted with them i mean but what, what, it, what it reminds me of is like american gods pretty much yeah there you go a little bit mm-hmm. yeah you yeah. got it you got it yeah. american gods you have the new gods and you have the old gods mm-hmm. of course um but in, in the cryptonos, the Tulpas are connected to this these old gods that people have forgotten completely about. And they just kind of like, eh, you know, brush them over. Um, but like I said, the Tulpas are very, very dangerous because to me, those are the real monsters. And I'll give you a perfect example of that. And that's the Slenderman. A Slenderman like popped up on the scene a few years ago and it got so popular and enough people believed in it that kids were committing murders in real life because they believed in it. You know, these two girls, um, I think it was in Wisconsin somewhere, they tried to murder their friend because the Slenderman, they thought that the Slenderman would come and take them to wherever the Slenderman came from. Okay, and so that's then, something that's really scary because they... Okay, so so do, do the old gods become weaker as we forget about them and the new gods become stronger, which is something like, kind of like American Gods, right, that kind of plays on that? Is that something that... The, the, the way that I think about it, I don't know if you've ever played like Dungeons and Dragons, right? But... Um, in Dungeons and Dragons, a god gets its power from how mm-hmm. many followers they have. And in order to kill a god in, in D&D, you kill all the fl- followers. And when nobody believes in that god anymore, it dies. You know? And mm-hmm. that's that's kind of like the, the sort of the, the same way that it happens in the story. Like, there's still, the gods are still around. People still believe in them, but they're not as powerful as these other gods now that are gaining more and more followers so to speak, because people I mean, it was a tribute, them. right? Like tributes yeah. and all that and different, different. Well, um, I would say also just believers. Believers. Like, there you like go. I, I love the idea that Thor showing up to help the Avengers is basically just convincing people the Norse gods are real. So they're going to now be more powerful than all the other gods because they have believers now. Yes, exactly. And that's that's like, a, to me, that's kind of like a mind that like it screws in my mind. You know what I mean? Because so what would be the gods of capitalism then? I mean, that's the thing. What, what Danny said earlier, last episode, Daniel, he's like, he goes, real shit, real life is scary. Mm-hmm. Like, there's like, you know, the the people you see that kidnap kids, that shit's scary. 
you know, people that are murdering like that are session scary. Shootings are scary. Like, that is scary shit, you know, that he was like, that's, I'm afraid of that stuff. You know, yeah. and I think that was cool about the book is it kind of rides that line between real scary and some of the traditional horror that we all know and love. Because can I ask a question? Because this is a more social economical question in terms of observing what the, you know, society does. Um, when you look way back, you always look at a sacrifice, a sacrifice to kind of gain the what do you call it? To gain good favor with the gods, right? Mm -hmm. And when you gain good favor with the gods, things go good for you, right? Be it the weather, whatever. And at the moment, we got the money system, capitalism. I, I right? got one for you. I got one. No for way. You. So then, that's where I'm going at. It's like um, the 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 sacrifice to the gods of capitalism is uh, underpaid labor, uh, children mining in some <laughs> country somewhere else clothes being made by children's little fingers somewhere and halfway fast across fashion. the hunger. So it's a fast fashion. That is nothing but a sacrifice for the gods. <laughs> I don't know. This is me sort of like trying to justify the fucked up of the world. The, how fucked up the world is, it's sort of like the world is fucked up. Oh, but it needs a sacrifice. And all of a sudden the Federal Reserve is about to re bump up the, uh, you know, APR on you so that we suffer, the little people down below suffer, lose our jobs. Well, so they, they, the gods, to be fair, to be fair, they needed to know? do that a little bit a few years ago instead of doing it a lot later. Yeah. And they're prevented what, from doing what I'm that. Trying to get but, it feels like there's always a sacrifice, even way back then. It might seem yeah. a lot more crude with the head, according to the Anglo-Saxon archaeologist, uh, the head rolling down the pyramid. But now it's literally our livelihood, our well-being, our mental health, people jumping it's, off it's, buildings, um, you know. It's interesting that you say that, man, because we're having this conversation last night. Um, was it last night? Last night was Sunday or Monday. I don't even know. What, uh, it was well, the days. We're having this conversation. It was there in spirit. I was there. I was there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're having this conversation. Uh, we were having a stream, and we were talking about uh, some of the projects that some of the guys that I know are working on. There's this one cat that lives in Bolivia. And he was talking, and it's interesting that you bring that up. He was talking about what his story was going to be. It's kind of like the urban myths of his area where he lives in. And he told me this really interesting thing that uh, I was like, what? Is that real? How can that even be real? So apparently when a business owner, when they build a, a building that will house their business, they need mm -hmm. to make a sacrifice to a god heard or of this. whatever they yeah, believe wait, They even so break a bottle they, on a ship as it no, goes no, no, to no. sea, right? Not blood. No. They will, they will, yes, thank you, a blood sacrifice. They will bury yeah. a body on that plot of land. And he went on to say, because I asked him, like, where the hell are they going to get the bodies from? And they're like, bums. He's like, bums. They have these, these rooms called elephant rooms, apparently. Wow. In Bolivia, it's underneath a bar and a bum or, you know, homeless people will go in there that have no other, you know, means in their life and they will pay a certain amount of money and they will get to the point where they're, they completely, they die. They die from drinking or ingesting drugs or whatever it is. That's where they get the bodies from to go bury in these plots of lands where they build businesses so that they can have a successful building by offering a sacrifice to the capitalistic um yeah you know, that's that be, I, i've been i've well. been i've been i've been having those sick I, ideas in my head that this is nothing but a sacrifice to the capitalist gods for it the system to continue to 
I don't know. It just I've heard of... about the the blood or like a, a body being used for the for for a buildings erected. I've heard of that. I mean, I mean, I mean, the Aztec and the Mayans used to put a fish in the grounds and then plant the corn. That was literally, you know, it's like a sacrifice of a life for a life, right? Like whenever they used to plant corn, like it's it's been part of the, you know. Well, I mean, that, I mean that, that, that's that's a little different. That that's that's literally just farming. But but that being said, but yeah. That, that, so so though. wait, let, let's address it real quick because um, uh -huh. one of the big controversial things for for Mesoamerica is is what sacrifice was like, and and mm -hmm. obviously without time travel, it's gonna be hard to say. But <clears throat> you have one group of people that say. No, there never was a sacrifice. There were peaceful, civilized people, all this stuff like that. And then you have another group of people that say, oh, well, the Spaniards said there were thousands of dead bodies, thousands of dead bodies, that the whole building was covered in blood. Like a whole and, city. And, but here's the right? thing. If you just go with the words that the people themselves wrote, they had sacrifices. They did do them. But um, these were sacrifices that are... If you think of it this way, you're like, well, well, yes, they, there were sacrifices that were they would capture somebody in war and they might be put into sacrifice. But a lot of the sacrifices were volunteers. And you're like, yeah. why would somebody volunteer for that? You're like, a lot we're of reasons, but, but, A lot of us volunteer for this shit. No, no, no. No, there, no there's, there's a big, no, no. But I mean, knowingly volunteer. I don't yeah. mean like oh, thinking, yeah, volunteer. I mean, knowingly volunteer. And like, why would you do that? Here's a big, easy reason. Religion. Religion is a very powerful thing. You are raised your whole life to believe this. You are going to go through with it. That's that's not a knock against religion. That's just what it says. Religion is powerful. Okay, but, but, and, but, but, so, but can I can I say that we're doing the same thing with social media right now? We're really oh, disagreeing with you. The, the only the only difference is is that the people who signed up to be sacrificed they signed up to be sacrificed. These guys think they're signing up to become the next influencer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? yeah, they didn't read the terms and conditions. Yeah, you you want to know? Yeah. I had, when, when you were asking Walter, what would be yeah. the today's version of the of the. A uh, god okay. of capitalism that wants sacrifices, and I guarantee you, he would look like a bored ape. He'd be yeah. a bored ape, and the sacrifices would be all of the early adopters of NFTs. Yeah, um, and, the angel, <laughs> and the angels would be the algorithm, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We touch on but that but in the truth. Yeah. about the social media thing, um, mm -hmm. and it, 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 we, when we put it in there, like a lot of people kind of just like go through it as part of the story. But if you really look at what's going on yeah. during that part in the story. It's it's um you know I don't want to give away too much but it's it's uh it's they used to tell me when you tell stories especially native uh, tradition you tell stories at certain times of the year because there's only certain times of the year that you can tell those type of stories because if not you'll draw different types of energy you tell you know fall stories in the fall you know winter stories in the winter spring and you know stuff like that if you tell a story out of, of context or out of time then bad things will happen or you know you're gonna get negative consequences. And that's the same thing. Like us right now, and this is something that I believe wholeheartedly because I've experienced this. Us right now talking you about you, this, you, you having this said curiosity. This earlier. You should have said this earlier, Ray, because <laughs> I don't know if that's on <laughs> Well, the, the, it's, it's like this. When you start talking uh -huh. about the paranormal, when you start talking about mysteries, things that are like exciting, but at the same thing, like, oh, my God, you start drawing energy. You start drawing a yeah. negative energy. It's not positive. It's negative because all the stuff we're talking about is like ne in a negative tone. When you start talking about positive energy, of course, and it happens in the room too. If you're surrounded by people that are positive, people positive people will be drawn to you. If you're surrounded by people negative, people are going to leave you. I away. love that you're on that. I'm all I'm about that. You don't have this. I count like, <laughs> is that good? <laughs> and, and then that's the thing. In the book, I have that part because that's a take on that whole drawing energy thing. You're drawing all these negative energy and what ends up happening? Something bad. 
So just keep that in mind as well. Well, um, hey, three o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. I've always been like, <laughs> fuck that. I'm going to go to sleep. What time is it? Three? I'm fuck a, that. <laughs> no, it's crazy. Honestly, I have no problem at three o'clock because every time I get up at three o'clock, uh, my, my roommate shows up. I, I didn't even know I had a roommate, but like they walk by yeah, the door. Because you did it. They put the toilet seat down every time. And, uh -huh. and occasionally yes, they turn yeah. on the and stuff, but it's okay because it's like it's never a big knock on my my water bill. It's no big deal. Yeah, hey, as long as he hears somebody fart, and I'm like, ah, oh, this motherfucker again. <laughs> hey, always blame it on the roommate, man. The, the, hey, it, turns out that yeah. it, it turns out he, he hears a cat. Oh, turns out he doesn't have a cat. Like, <laughs> that's true. It's true. I but like to see the cat. Ghost cat. I like man, the fact that we story. can. Yeah. We I, I like that. What if, you know, if you look at it this way, whenever we have these, these stories, we talk about the, whoa, look at that. Oh, he looks at those it. smile that people old? that were at the baseball game, remember? I know. Like, look at that. The smiley people, yeah. You're gonna, we're going to screen cap that one, that Kevin. Okay, that's going to be a t-shirt. That's, that's, that's enough. You'd be like, you want more of this? Scare <laughs> no. my kids. <laughs> yeah. your cheeks. Bring your cheeks back up. Like, that makes it better. No, no I can't do that. Can't do that. Ooh, no. Uh, <laughs> what I was getting to is that, like you said yourself, that you can take a story and you tell the story, and depending on out of context, how it's told, right? When we look at some of these cryptids that you mentioned in your story, in your book, pardon, like if you were to flip the script per se and kind of tell the story from the a different perspective, wouldn't it be more of a of a tale of I don't know, like you, you wouldn't necessarily think that. But for example, like like Yorona, her story. Uh, there's tons of stories that end up that start start with the tragedy, right? Yeah. Or and so, but if you're pitching it in the sense of this is a tragic story of a victim, not the birth of a quote unquote monster. Yeah, but is, yes. isn't that how every comic book comes about? So much hate. Like we just watched Love and Thunder. He had a big loss, and out of that hurt, he the butcher came about, right? Like, but people. At the come end on, of it, it was polarizing. Understand. People were I like, "Whoa, well, I understand him. Yeah, exactly. I understand why." Yeah, yeah. But are we That's drawing true. the positive and the negative, or are we just kind of looking for it to be negative at all times? I, I think it has to do with mm. the, today's audiences. We, we, I, I feel like we've reached a point in our audiences where we want to see a more nuanced version of evil. You know. Uh, I'll use, use Eternals as an example. Um, it, when uh, Eternals was created by, again, Jack Kirby grew up in the 30s and stuff like that, 20s. Uh, he created these guys who were these perfect human beings. They're the good guys and these deformed monsters and they're the bad guys. But as other writers have taken up the story over the years, we've come to see that, hey, these perfect human beings, they're pretty messed up. And yeah. these ugly deformed monsters... They've been picked on for thousands of years. I kind of see their point. Mm -hmm. And I think modern audiences want to see that. Modern audiences was right. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, Anos has a point. You know, but Killmonger mm -hmm. especially has a point. Killmonger is a guy who's clearly a bad guy. He is a murderer. He is a mass murderer. He is taking over a kingdom by force, and he's going to cause them to go to war. But he's not wrong. God damn it. Is this what's making fucking Trump likable? Like this whole nuance, like he says one thing that may be right somewhere in the woods. And all well, of a sudden, with, with, and... with him, it's a lot of telling people what they want to hear. Yeah, exactly. When, when yeah. somebody tells you that you're yeah. the smart one, you're like, yeah. I am the smart one. You know, yeah. so it feels good to hear that. So, yeah. No, I think that um, one thing that kind of touches on this too, maybe we're to move forward. Like, why is there this obsession with making, like you said, because the question is, why are we trying to look at these? 
how can I phrase this? Because I want to get to Dahmer, and this is what I want to bring this up, right? Mm-hmm. So, with a serial killer, Dahmer is an example right now. It's in the news, right? So, so, why is it that there's this fascination, borderline mm-hmm. f- fandom for this type of individual, which we can all agree it was an e- is 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 a monster, was a monster, and what happened was wrong, and we can all agree with that. But there's still this fandom behind it. When I've heard things as of, oh, it's fascinating just to be able to think that that really happened, stranger than fiction, right? And so that's a fascination or a case study of mm. why somebody would go to that extreme so we can prevent it from happening, right? But why do you think, and throw this to everybody, I'll start with Ray here, like, why is it that this fandom is being a little more accepted? Then more so if I people are more scared of mentioning I don't know all, all the cool cuckoo, but they're they're willing to have a fucking dinner side conversation about Dahmer. No pun intended. Hey Ray, why is Dahmer your pen pal? <laughs> <laughs> are you getting are you getting recipe tips from him? <laughs> By the way, just so you know, I dated uh the Night Stalker's niece oh so long ago, just so you know. Richard Ramirez. Really? Anyway. But yeah. anyway. Yeah, that's another. That's a, for another story. But um, okay. to to answer your question, See, Ray, have, Ray and I have I, a bunch of stories. <laughs> pretty much, and they're all true. I it's not like they're made up stories. They're true stories. Yeah, they're true stories. You should listen to some of the craziness that this guy, both of us, have <laughs> experienced. Mm. But to to say this much, it's the same reason that people don't believe that World War II happened or that, you know, that all the atrocities that happened in World War II yeah. happened because it's out of sight, out of mind. It's so long ago. People start forgetting, forgetting. And also, this is the most important one of all, I think. People are detached now. They're desensitized mm-hmm. and they're detached to the point where I see that on TV all the time. Dahmer didn't do anything that I haven't seen before. And that's why it's so accepted. And that's why there's a fandom. And that's why it's dangerous. Also, because once you start getting to that point where you're desensitized and you find that normalcy of some guy drilling a freaking hole and someone's in pouring acid in them or cutting off their heads yeah. or cutting off their limbs or eating them. Dude, we're even, done. Even, Sick, man. As, even, as a even, civilization, we're done. Even even war has become that. You have drones 3,000 miles away dropping bombs mm-hmm. by a push of a button from a kid that grew up playing Gears of War and Black Hawk Down and just pushing a button and killing hundreds of people, you know, th- hundreds of people in the community. Um, yeah, I get I mean, like, dark. like, I think the fact that there's a fandom for somebody like this it's, it's true. You are right. We're desensitized. We're detached. But even I could sit back, watch that series, or know about any series. Why are there hundreds of freaking okay, so let, let, like, documentaries if we, about if, it? If we get into it, like a little bit more detail, because you have like, this is like the third uh, reiteration of what, because you had uh, the guy, uh, uh, yeah, this is the third one from Jeffrey Dahmer, right? Initially, they made two movies or something like that, and then now it's a yeah, series. Yeah, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's been some smaller ones too. Yeah, the, plus, what's plus it the called? What's novel. it called? The guy Rainer. He also played a uh, Black Hawk, right? I yeah, mean, the Black graphic Hawk novel. Guy. The Black yeah. friend Dahmer. So yeah. then, which I, which um, I, I haven't read that one yet. That, that's I, I don't have an interest in the show, but I do have an interest in reading. So the then, book. when and this is kind of this is quoting um, South Park murder porn. How does that come into play? Like, is it really women that are watching this? Because I literally don't care about this shit. I don't want to watch any of this shit. I literally am not. A, I, I watched the, f- the one or two 
like don't fuck with cats, which I found interesting. But then after that, I no. kind of lost interest yeah. in in in. Well, I think it's kind of what Ray was saying right at the beginning. He says, we got to be careful with some of these things that are being energies being put behind it. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, because this, this energy you're calling to, you're giving it this energy, this power, like we talked about. Right. So like this, this type of. Because another another thing that we haven't mentioned is that do we feel much more um, as a society? Do we feel a lot more? Do we feel a lot more leeway to tell the story when the victims are not as vocal or, uh, you know what I mean? Like if it's minority well, victims, okay. if it's only well, look, women. Look at, a, Dahmer's, look at Dahmer's know? victims. Dahmer's victims yeah. were primarily gay men. Mm-hmm. So that is a minority. So that coming, right? yeah. Yeah, it, it's, exa- it's, it's, a, it's a subset that, that as a society, we've decided, okay, we can see them die more often. Like mm-hmm. look at how many times there's a gay person in a movie and they end up dying in that movie. Um, and, 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 and is honestly, that why? Cause, cause, honestly, look, look, it's like this yeah. when, when the, the killer goes after minorities, a lot of times we lionize the, the, the killer. And I don't mean that who literally die, who dies we're, first like, in every, in like, every scary like movie, right? saying, Oh, it's cool that he killed minorities, but that's what ends up happening. Yeah. But when the victims are like, I, I always go back to John Benet Ramsey. You know, you got a, a, a beautiful, rich, blonde little girl, mm-hmm. and it, the whole country cared about it. But at the same time, that was happening. Whole, yes, <laughs> at the same time that was happening, and the whole country cared about that. In Brownsville, Texas, we had uh, uh, the Rubio and Camacho, uh, John Allen Rubio and then Angela Camacho. They were uh, a common law husband and wife. They murdered their three children, chopped them up into pieces, uh, had sex on the bed where the dead bodies were. I saw the pictures. Because uh, I was working uh, as an entertainment reporter, and the police reporter is like, "Look at these pictures," and I'm like, "Great, I didn't need to see that." But but the point is that didn't become national news because he, uh, Rubio was uh, himself a prostitute, um, and uh, they were they were Hispanic, they were poor, they were uh, they. It was not something that needed to be national news. It's sort of like a, this, this Ramsey what these people do, yeah. and it, she was everywhere, and it was around the same time as each other. But like you said, they brush it under the rug, like we talked about, like with that, a predominantly gay men, or in this scenario, he was in a black neighborhood, lower income neighborhood, as far mm-hmm. as what I understood. The, the, per- the perfect example is in the in the series, the part where the guy gets away and the cops bring him back. The, the black lady's telling him, Nisi Nash is telling them, dude, this guy's killing people. And the cops are like, shut up, you're black. What do you know? Oh, this Pretty guy's much. like, I don't know. He's, he's, he's a minority. Oh, here comes the white guy. Oh, let's talk to him because we're white too. What's going on, sir? Oh, everything's, everything's okay, officer. Okay, no problem. He said so. Goodbye. Everybody go back to their fucking apartments. No, and, then that and also it plays pissed into me the off whole... because mm-hmm. that's, yeah, and that pissed me off so much because we were watching it and I'm like, Oh man, people are so oh like I even now talking about it, I get all worked it, up. About it, it no, it gets you pissed off because person. it gets you pissed off when when you read that story. And they, the thing is, like, they're gonna believe a white man over anybody else, especially during that time. As soon as he mentioned the word, hey, there's gay stuff in here. Oh, but, you know, but, but, and then honest, it's, it's yeah. a particular yeah. white man too. It's a particular white man too. He, he's a very polite. Very amicable. He knows very, how to speak to right? the officers. Yeah, very, yeah, I mean, there's a reason he was able to get yeah. dates because he knew yeah. how to manipulate people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that when watching this series, right, because I, I knew of him, but not enough to sit there and research it. I never read the comic. I watched the series, right? Me and my wife were watching, and we're like, damn, this is 
difficult in the sense of that the reality seeped in. Because for a moment, I'm like, wow, this is a great series. And then I'm like, wait, this shit happened. This interpretation of it kind of kind of seeped in, and it's like, fuck, like, Let's there's something clear. about him cooking a steak that just bothered Hannibal, me. Hannibal you know? is fun. Hannibal, yeah, Hannibal is fun. Hannibal is <laughs> because Hannibal is fictional, yeah. we, can, yeah. we can hide behind that layer of fiction and say, okay, I can be entertained by this. But when you bring in real people and make them the entertainment, I, I kind of have a... No, man, a, the injustice uh, was just on display. Right, like they said, the victims themselves, and I can appreciate. No, and the Ray, if you caught the whole series, but there's like one or two episodes where we actually get like a backstory. I don't know if it's legitimate or not. To be fair, I don't know. I'm just going yeah, off of what I saw. Get, they move it around, right? but we I'm got sure, a backstory. Sure they combine a couple backstories together, right? Into one person. But, and there's yeah, there's uh, some uh, there's some weight to see. Like, damn, like this, this this victim. You know, let's not forget the victim. Let's not forget the neighbor. Like you said, right, Nisi Nash, like her. Her, her like Jesse Jackson getting involved and how the civil and the civil uh, unrest happened during that time and how he brought attention to it and then it just went went away, you know. And it's sad because it's scary that it could probably happen again, like it's, shit it's like that could happen right again. Now, no, right? it can't. It, yeah, it won't happen sure again. It's, happening. It's, it's happening. Like yeah, the, the thing that yeah. got got me, the thing that completely got me from the series, man, was when because I know it's based on the Dahmer tapes because I know they interviewed him extensively. The part where he comes out and he's blatantly, because up to that point, I'm like, okay, you know, like I was falling into the fandom. Oh, his mom left him. His dad didn't care. Nobody cared about him in school. When he comes out and blatantly freaking says, man, yeah, I was born this way. I like to do it. That's it. I'm done, man. Fuck you. Die. I don't care. You're not deserving of being a human because you willingly chose to do this. Yeah, yeah, Charles Manson was the same way. Charles I don't Manson, care about you know anything like that. You know, it's it's people would try at times to try to make him seem sympathetic, but he flat out over and over he tell you, no, this is who I am. This is who I always am. This is who I always was. This is what I do. Mm -hmm. No, and then um, and just to kind of go down down the rabbit hole and a more recent example of what it's uh, to kind of just juxtapose what what's literally going on at the moment. You have, uh, I mean, I'll go ahead and say Trump supporters, but you can call them whatever you want, but you have them obsessing about Pizzagate. Wow. Which, okay, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. I haven't done the research. Like, I don't know what's going on there. I haven't done the research. But there's literally kids in cages at the border that we knowingly know are being abused. And separated the from their families. And separated from their family. And about last time I heard was 1500 of them, uh, 1500 of them mysteriously disappeared and they try to kind of out of records anymore. No records, and they're trying to claw their back down and cl claw their way down to a lower number. Kids are still in the cages, even under this uh, administration, and they're getting abused and trafficked and all this stuff. And it's happening right now at the border, but then for some reason, that's not a big deal. But all of them is all some influencer got lost in the forest or something i don't know like it's like it's very selective agnesia selective victim is victim selective you know like um i don't know that that's kind of like the most i'm not gonna say i'm angry about it it just hurts yeah cable news goes for the zeitgeist they, they yeah. go for what it is yeah. that people respond to and when people stop responding to it they stop covering it uh, that doesn't mean the story goes away. It doesn't mean that the uh, 
that people stop covering because it's still covered. It's still in the news. It's just yeah. less access. In the back page, yeah. in the back page, all the way in the back, yeah. Uh, but 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 even that Dude, example, all the stuff that's going on right now. I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say the Pizzagate thing, the, the issue with that is that the, 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 in theory, they were worried about children being kidnapped yes. and taken away and yes. abused. Uh, and very, so, very, very, very important, very founded, you know, like it's because again, they're, they're listening to the voices of people that they trust and they hear and they want to go believe it. And they went and, and almost killed people because of that. Uh, it, very it, valid if, if, if yeah. that's the case, right? But no, well, no, 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 that there really is child trafficking all over the world, but the problem is, is that they were focusing it on a f- unreal conspiracy theory. Because that's where their trusted voices said. Mm-hmm. And when yeah. other voices said, okay, you're worried about children. Here are actual children that yeah. we ourselves put in danger. They're like, I don't want to hear that I put people in danger. Yeah. I don't want to hear that it's our fault. It's that disconnect, remember? Yeah, they meant disconnected right there. That disconnect. Selective. And that's the problem, right? Like, we're, we're at yeah. the point where we can read, watch, you know, look at these movies, these films, this content, and kind of go, okay, great. Like you said, Hannibal's great because it's not real. It's literally fake, right? Character. Hannibal's not a real person. But when you see things like this in real life, that's scary shit. That's a real scary shit. And the problem is that the majority of us are disconnected, you know? And I don't know what steps we need to take besides making noise, right? We always just say that, hey, make noise, man. Make this be known. Have those conversations. You can't disconnect because when you disconnect, you lose that humanity. You give the power away, like Ray was saying, to these other things, to these real monsters, to these real evil things, you know, and I think that that example with the Pizzagate and the kids, you know, the aforementioned serial killers, what have you, like, that's sad. But I, I'm hoping for better things. Like we talk about putting the, the people that have been always cast aside or villainized need to have their, their time in the sun. These kids, people coming up to the border, you know, like the caravans, you know, the backpackers, right, Walter? Like, mm-hmm. this is the thing that... They're villainized and made to be evil that are attacking America, right? Here we are. And now, but we're we're in love with a serial killer. Like, let's just yeah. really call it what it is. That fucking, that's like, fuck, that's hit it's hard. That, tone, it's that man. dark fascination, man, because yeah. deep down inside, like, we look at these, we look at these atrocities and there's a part of us somewhere deep in our psyche, somewhere they're like, well... What if I were faced with that? Would I be able to do that? And we don't want to admit that to ourselves. And that's the thing. We like our darkness to be kept secret because mm-hmm. all of us have that inside of us. All of us have the darkness inside of us. But when it's made into the light, that's when we're ashamed. Now, if you don't have any shame about it, that's the issue. That's the problem because yeah. you're so willing to share it or you're so willing to talk about it. You're not ashamed about it. That's messed up to me. That's those are monsters to me. You know what I mean? Like those these are these are the guys that are out there saying, like, yeah, I like doing it. Freaking Heisenberg in, in Breaking Bad. I liked it. Yeah. I was good at it. He admits he's a freaking villain. He's That's the bad it. guy. You're done, dude. In Breaking I mean, who, who Bad, he is the bad guy. He kept <laughs> I mean, pulling was, Jesse back like, into like, it. For, like, like, let's go back to that. We have and I'll, I'll go ahead and say predominantly the Mexican culture. Because you know that's what they reference. You got all these narco shows that kind of glorify the uh, drug trafficking. Oh God! El Chapo, it's like it's like every drug trafficker has this sort of Robin Hood esque sort yes. of attribution to them. Which, yeah, I get it. I I would definitely love to live in the in, in the same town that El Chapo controlled. Because then 
he would take care of us. But as soon as you're outside of that, just like United, just like the United States, as soon as you're outside the borders, you're fucked. So then we're sort of glorifying this character that no, nah, this motherfucker's fucked up. Like there's a lot of lives that much like we said in the olden times and for the my bodies were sacrificed for that ounce of cocaine to make it here. You know, mm-hmm. like on both. And things. that's the thing. That's a perfect mm-hmm. example right there, man. That's. It's a fucking perfect villain because El Chapo relished in the fact that he could hide among the people and the people would protect him. But at the same time, he was so fucking evil that he's like, yeah, si, le, si los matan, pues lo mataron, me están protegiendo a mí. Y eso es lo que, lo que necesito. That's yeah. all he needed. That's all you needed. And that's the villain right there. People do not see past that because they fall in love with the image, like you're saying, of this Robin Hood-esque, um, someone for the people type image. And that's what messes it all up, man. Because once you get down to the nitty gritty and you realize, wait, these guys are evil. These guys are all, they don't care about me. There you go. But just to give another counterpoint, like my dad grew, my dad was in the military in El Salvador when he was a young oh, man. Oh, shit. And um, when the civil, or a little bit before the civil war, and something that he would always kind of complain about how was how the guerrilla fighters would hide amongst the people, and obviously you had casualties of war, right? And it's like it's their fault because they hid amongst the people. If they would have encountered us or fought us in the battlefield, there would be less innocent lives lost. Yeah, but I'm telling, but then I would tell him, yeah, but what was the government doing? The government was just fucking using the people. Okay, yeah. they're hiding amongst the people, but you're using the people. So then it's like neither, neither of them are are in the right, you know? Like, but it's that it's that we talked about, right? You become desensitized. A yeah. soldier becomes brainwashed and desensitized to follow orders. And unfortunately, a lot of people come back. And I have friends that are veterans that come back, but they themselves say, man, that shit fucked me up, you know? And that's just their experience. And I can't speak for them personally. I'm just talking secondhand, thirdhand, right? But this is, like, it's difficult to have those conversations because we're, none of us here are from that ilk. Yeah. Or even, like, your father was here to really speak to that, but not us. But I feel, at least outside looking in, it is that separation and unfortunately, because the world just keeps to move forward, forward, forward with the next the war, the next, you know, the next big thing, the next splashy yeah, murder la, trial, the next big machina. Yeah. The big thing, right? Yeah. It, people get desensitized because it happens so often and so much that they don't know what's the, the lines between reality and, and fantasy yeah, get blurred so, so much, man. But, you know, I'm I think that we, you know, I, I've enjoyed this conversation. We've had very, very uh I don't know. What would you say? Very. I wanted to get into more cryptic shit with Ray, but you know we didn't. We ended up down the. <laughs> this, was, this is fun, yeah. man. I, this is so, what I. No, I mean, I, I, enjoy, I, I think it's great it, conversation, yeah. and that's what we're about, right? Like we mm-hmm. we have fun. We talk about comic books and creating content, spotlighting people, but they're conversations that are happening regardless, right? Like we have content that we see that we don't agree with or do or don't. We have opinions about what's going on in the world. And we can't ignore, even Kevin said it before, like it or not, art and comic books are political. They have some, they have, they have politics in it, no matter what you think. And this always is not have. a couple, always have, right? Kevin will speak on it and he's, I would give, I would bow out the authority of him when it comes to that. Like he himself says it, we've always talked about it. And, you know, primos have these conversations. Don't just sweep it under the rug. Like, 
you need to understand that there's shit going out there that is really scary, more scary than what you find in your your local comic book shop, you know, or you you watch on on whatever some what is it spooky pasta stuff you see now on YouTube. Yeah. But um, Ray, thank you, man, for coming on. I hope you come back, oh, and that way we can, uh, you know, let's talk about uh, where people. Um... I want to come back when you guys talk about Indiana Jones. I really want to know what you guys think <laughs> about that, man. I well, do well I mean, it's that. not like they're ever going to make another one, so I don't know oh, why we'd ever yeah. talk about it again. There's something out there. You don't. I know. Maybe you don't know. What? what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. But yes, oh, we'll bring you back, Ray. Please, right. please, please, please come back. I really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, please tell everybody where they can find you, how they can help get Cryptidinals. I think you're still going through your, your Kickstarter, right? Oh, yeah. Talk about that. Go ahead. Yes. The Kickstarter is still going. Uh, Kickstarter is still going for another week and a half, I think. We're stuck in the middle right now. We're trying to make it. We already funded on Indiegogo because we're running a dual campaign. Indiegogo, if you want original uh, copies, Kickstarter is where you want the the fresh stuff. Um, actually has a glow-in-the-dark cover. Really cool stuff. Go can, check you explain, it out. Uh, um, can you explain the difference the, between uh, between both? Why, uh, why do you Indiegogo have Indiegogo and original, Kickstarter? Like, uh-huh. So Indiegogo, we had a lot of stuff left over from the first campaign. We had a lot of books, and people wanted first printings. So basically, Indiegogo was going to be the first printings of everything mm-hmm. that we offered the first time around. Kickstarter, however, we're um, doing it in a different way. We're giving you the same book, but it's going to be a different cover. It's going to be a glow-in-the-dark cover. And also, we're oh. offering the same kind of the same stuff that we offered in Indiegogo, but it's like you know trying to get that Kickstarter uh audience off of that too mm-hmm. and if we do reach goal on kickstarter we are going to release a, an a additional supplemental ash can because uh if you guys read the cryptonodes a lot of people have asked where were the humans where are all the humans during this when this is happening so in, in kickstarter we're going to have um the human side or an ash can mm-hmm. or a preview book of what the human side is going to be it's called dark light and dark light is basically taking place kind of parallel to the cryptonodes and it tells the tale of this one human. His name is Mario Maldonado. And he is the dark light. And there's something going on. I don't want to give away too much as well. But it has to deal with the cryptids. It has to deal with a bunch of egg, um, Easter eggs that we dropped in the cryptonodes. And uh, also, we're going to be tackling the SCPs, um, which oh, are the other monsters. Yeah. Like we're going to like be talking that. about that. We're going to yeah. be talking about conspiracy theories. Um, the the ultra the MK. You ultra, said the right the phrase, hyper. man. Walter's mm-hmm. clicking on your Kickstarter right yeah. now. I'm bringing back Walter Mercado. <laughs> there you yeah. go. It's all the way, man. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. But you can find me Cryptonals, uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. We even have a Cryptid Talk. So you go to Cryptid to TikTok. You put in Cryptonals. You'll pop up on our on my Cryptid Talk, and we talk about some of the the, the more obscure cryptids like El Mariachi Negro. Um, you know, and a bunch well, of well, my wife's watching El Vicente Fernandez show and El Charro Negro shows up. El Charro so Negro, was, yes, dude. yeah. We, we have a, I have a story that I'm working on with uh Francisco Arce, he's part of the 656 crew, and we're integrating El Charro Negro story with La Llorona story. It's very, very interesting where we're taking that. So, Bo, we're gonna be working on that too. Bo, a lot of stuff that's going too. on we're as well, on. as far as <laughs> criminals. <laughs> Oh hell yeah! Yeah, the no, the no, yeah. I'm no, trying for sure, for sure. 
I'm tr I'm trying really hard to get out there to you guys on the 22nd because I know the Latino Con is, is happening. So I'm hopefully I make it and I can see you guys in person and you know can yeah, we'll be back, drink a few beers, talk more. Don't stuff. forget, so we got the one so. in Dallas on the 22nd of October, and on the fifth we have the one in Austin. Uh, the mm -hmm. one in Dallas going to be at the Latino Cultural Center, and the one in Austin at the Mexican American Cultural Center. So I mean, be it both. Nice. Uh, the fifth of uh, no, uh, November. November, right? So that's so Mexican American. Yeah, twenty second yeah. of October. At least one is, of them. <laughs> Texas Latino Comic Con, and the fifth of October is Mexican American. But yeah, man. Hey, if you can make it up to uh, Dallas on the twenty second, but we'll be there. So definitely, man, if you can make it, you're more than welcome. We can rehash out. We'll have fun. We're going to be recording out there. So you as well, listeners, you know, we have oh, Texas yeah. Latino Comic Con, October 22nd. Hector. Okay, check it. Definitely. See my primos live. Live, guys. I was told to set up a panel. Honestly, <laughs> we're just going to go live. Hector I mean, gave me panel. some rules, though. He gave me some rules. He said I can't no, we're curse. Gonna, we're going to do like the gorillas. We're just gonna he see said I can't that. curse. Can't offend people. I gotta get PG. But he said the same thing about Texas Latino Comic Con live when we were doing it at home. I still did what I wanted, but no, I'll be good. I'll be good. I'll be good. But <laughs> pretty much, the effort will go there. The effort the will be there. there. Kevin doesn't curse. Yeah, you, you gotta catch the passion, man. The passion. Hey, man, I get into it. You hear me. You you hear our voice. You hear us going here. But primos, thank you for listening tonight. Thank you, Ray. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Chikume. I thank everybody here. And, of course, one thing I uh, wanted to say a big shout-out to Oscar Garza from Five Meats. He actually uh, redid yeah, our, our logo. logo. Oh, I see get it there on the, the on the video. There he is, Walter. Yeah. He's I'm gonna put kind of looks like you. I'm going to put it on a shirt. You can, yeah, you, you, you see my crooked eyebrows, and I can be yeah. all like evil. There you go. That's his uh, his uh, our new logo there. So we'll be showing that, debuting that, of course, at Texas Latino Comic Con. Primos, of course, uh, just know we're here for you week to week. Join the conversation at My Primos Podcast. Of course, listen to the show. Tell Kevin, you have friends, something to say? Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Tell that person down the street that you never talked to. Tell that, that person you've had a crush on and you don't want to tell them you have a crush on them. Still tell them, listen to My Primos Podcast. Exactly. It's always fun. Someone tells me, have you listened to My Primos Podcast? They're like, your cousin has a podcast? Yes. yes my <laughs> because does. Freddie is all of our cousins. There you go. That's right. The sacrifice must be made. <laughs> Good night. Bye.